Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Del Tuesday is a couple that I have to clear, classify as the perfect example of an American family. I mean, my gosh, two, two working family members. Uh, both in great jobs, one in semiconductors for 25 years, the other one is a school teacher and an HR director. I mean, these are the backbone of America. Strong, solid job positions, and yet something drove them to want to change their lives. And within just four years, they have both retired from those professions. So let's give them a great welcome. Kimberly and James Washington out of Austin, Texas. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Didn't mean to sound like you were common, but meant to sound like, hey, this is the American dream. You go to school, you you work in the IT industry. You go to school, you become a teacher or a principal or an HR director. That is it. You guys made it. Everything. What happened? Yes, Why did you decide you wanted to change? Well, we knew there had to be something more out there. You know, because we were going, we were working, working toward retirement, but we had at least 20, 30 more years left before we could actually retire and enjoy life. I'm like, no, there has to be more to it than this. Wow, you must be pretty young because all of my family, every single one of them is a school teacher, a college professor, or a dean or a principal of a college. That's everybody in my family, and they're all retired, and they all have pensions. And uh, so... <laughs> That seems interesting to me. Yeah. You know, they changed the rules with the pensions for school teachers. Now you have to work almost 40 years to get their full retirement like you need to. Ah. Uh, I see. I think it used to be like 20 years, wasn't it? Something. It seemed like they, they yeah. got a pension pretty easily. So, okay, well, let's talk, let's move on from there then. Um, that was just a personal insight. I, I want to ask you what it was that brought you to the decision? I mean, your family, you're getting up, going to work every day. I assume you have kids. You guys have any kids? Yeah, we have four kids. Uh, four kids, okay. So, you, you know, you've got this life, and life is, you know, you're living life, and life is living you, quite honestly. What made you wake up one day, or what discussion, or how did it come about? Who started the conversation? Hey, like she said, there must be something more. So a friend of ours was listening to you on the radio, and she told us about it. She said, you guys are working right now. You're, you have to see my family. You should really listen to Dell on the radio and go to the class. And so she told us this, and probably two years later, she comes back to us again and says, hey, what are you guys doing? I told you about this program you should really look into. At that time, James was with me. She was telling me, she's my friend, James was with me, and he heard it. And he says, you know what, let's look into it. And so at that moment, we decided to sign up for a two-day course to learn more about it. Uh, after, we, after we went to the class, we met up with David, and he laid out a plan for us. And we just 
jump the bore. Well, it says here you guys had had rental property before. What did you have before you came in? A bunch of single families. I think we were up to about 11 or 12 single families, a nightclub. We were doing a little bit of everything. (laughs) (laughs) So which one of you has that entrepreneurial spirit? Um, I've always had that. Um, Yeah, we it's, you know, you poor trying to figure out a way. So we were doing, like you say, anything we could do to try to make a buck. Um, young estate kind of came, I won't say easy. I, my family grew up in the construction business, so I was around construction pretty much all my life. And after we got into single families, being able to do the work to save money, was it just made sense to me. But doing the work yourself, taking an extra 30 days to do the work versus hiring somebody to do it in two weeks. It didn't, you know, we never thought about it like that. It was always, hey, save as much money as you can, so do the work yourself. And going to your two-day and understanding how everything worked and looking at it in a different light, it just just all made sense to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Was it hard? For you to let that go, James, the, the the feeling that I can do it better and I can do it cheaper because that's what I do? That's always no one can do it better than you. And you kind of have to get to the point to where you just hold people accountable for their work and have them do it the way you want, them, want it to be done. And now I'm at ease with it a little bit, but I'm... I pretty much still look over all of my jobs to make sure they're doing it the way it should be done. So, Kimberly, this is a joke. Don't get mad about this. But were you one of those people that were, you know, there's two kinds of people, those willing to work and those willing to let them. Were you that willing to let him or did you complain to him about working so much? I'm not offended. I was more than willing to let them do it. (laughs) I'm not offended by that at all. I was more than willing. I had to really, it was hard at first because, I mean, he wanted to do everything himself. He really wanted to do it himself. I said, you cannot. Because our first community, it's like having 28 single-family homes all in one place. You can't do it all. You just can't. And we had full-time jobs. So it was hard to let it go, but we, we had to let it go. So when you're talking about 28, you're talking about your first small apartment you bought then, is what I'm assuming, right? Yes. Yes, yes. first small. So, so even after you got away from the houses and you got to an apartment, you still had that urge, huh, James? Oh, yeah, I, I, I still have the urge now. I mean, like you say, you have people that some, that's not everybody's expertise. And, uh, you know, if you know the right way to do it, I don't mind showing, you know, our maintenance guys or something the right way to go about doing it because, you know, a lot of them didn't, didn't do that all the time. They, they just kind of learned it and some of them might have bad, bad habits. So I just try to show them the right way. Well, I'm going to tell you how to get out of that, James. You get rich enough that you can afford your own toys. So if you come to my my party I've got coming up here for uh, sometime at the end of October, I think it is, if you'll come to that party at my house, you'll see I have an 8,000-square-foot, 20-car garage. 3,000 of that is is basically my workshop, and I've got every tool in the world. And I don't use any of them. 
because but they're right there, you know. So if I get the urge to go do something or fix something, I can go out there and get those tools and fix that thing and put those tools right back in that garage and be done with it, and not put them on a car and drive them somewhere. <laughs> but you got to be, you got to go out and make the money to be able to play yeah. with the toys like that. Yeah. Otherwise, toy though, the, these things become great excuses for buying tools. Do they not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we stay in a, a Lowe's Home Depot for sure. <laughs> All right, so you went out and you bought a 28-unit apartment complex. We've skipped over something I would like to circle back to real quick. The two-day, what were the aha moments for each of you? Because obviously uh, one's a, a construction-type personality, the other one's a people person. So what were the aha moments each of you had during that two-day? I think the aha for me was um, all the people you name, the books that people read. Um, we've done all of that. I won't lie to you. All the stuff that y'all talked about, all the different, we've done all of that. Bought houses, no money down. But when you got to that next level of trying to figure out how do you grow, you didn't have anybody to talk to, to show you. And now you're just at a stumbling block, so you're just stagnant. And that's kind of what I did was we stayed stagnant for a while. We knew how to buy, but we didn't know how to really grow. And that's where the problem came in. And now sitting up talking to David, and you had another warm body that you could touch, and they tell you, hey, no, you need to try to do this, 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 and this. And like you say, we are not into recreating wheels. Me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Kimberly and James Washington out of Austin, Texas, currently owners of three apartment complexes, about 250 units total, passive in 96 units, own single-family houses, done a little bit of it all, uh, and um, they retired four years after they started doing this stuff, so they got right at it and got it done. James, you got cut off on the segment earlier. Is there anything you wanted to finish with before we go to Kimberly's aha moments? No, that was about it. Um, like I say, um, my aha was at the end was uh, we've done everything and no one was there to help us to the next level. And once David, you know, said it was people there that were doing the exact same thing we were doing and they had meetings and you could talk to people about the problems or you saw the other problems that 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 was my aha I had somebody to bounce ideas off of actually Kimberly how about you what was your aha moments in this thing obviously you looked at it from the people point of view what did you see yes I don't have that entrepreneurial spirit that James has you know it's like go to school get your degree go to work and so that's that 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 was my mindset you know to try to go and within my company. But then when we started talking and we went to the two-day, we're sitting in the class, and the moment for me was they had a lead who just walked in to attend the second day, because you can go to the two-day as much as you'd like, and I've been several times. And so he was there for the second day, and he was just its kind of impromptu. He went on stage, and he just kind of told us his story. And it's like, wow, you know, here is someone just like me, who thinks like me, who actually attended today, and they're doing it. And then David said, you know, I think it was 80% of the people in this room will do nothing, 
and only 20% of you will act. I do not like to be at the bottom of anything. So I want to be one of those people who would act on what he told us. And it's like, let's just do it. Oh, he threw the grade curve at you, huh? (laughs) Yes. Oh, man, that had to hurt. That's why when either of you pick up on the fact of what your rate of return was on your net worth, did that ring out to any of you or is that too much math for you? No, um, we probably tripled our net worth since we started four years ago. Excellent. Excellent job. Excellent job. So when you came out of the two-day, what was the plan? Well, the plan was for me um, to, we talked about, he had the, we worried about medical insurance, and he had insurance on him. So the plan was for me to stop working and actually, you know, go into it full time. This was before the pandemic, and not many things were online like they are now. So there was a lot of meetups and in person, and you know, all those things. So I needed the time to do that. And I was traveling a lot with my job. So the plan was for me to leave my job. So we waited about four or five months, I think, and then. Uh, I gave notice at my job, and they asked me to stay another month, another month, another month. It took me about five months to leave, but we did end up leaving. And then I just started into my classes full-time while he worked his W-2. Okay. And uh, did you start out going for the small apartment complex, or did you do some pass at first? Because I noticed you do have, uh, you know, quite a few passive doors also. Two, I guess, yeah, no. two other ones. We, we didn't have enough money to do that, Dale. We had to start off with just the first apartment complex. That's all we could do at first okay. was our first one. And so that's what we started off doing, our first one. And then, I mean, the network just starts to change pretty quickly. And, you know, you get this income that you, you learn to make your money work for you. So as soon as we get it, we would, you know, send it back out there to start working again. Now, you did a 28-unit apartment complex. Was it a value play or was it a yield play? Do you, how do you see that? I see it as more of a yield play. It was more of a yield play. The biggest, um, it, they were all three-bedroom, two-bath apartments, which was really neat and interesting to have 28 three-bedroom apartments in one complex. But um, the biggest thing that we had to do was really get some interior upgrades, and then we paint the exterior. Other than that, it's just cash flow. Yeah. We raise rents, of course. We raise rents. Significant. <laughs> they were right. under market so now, tremendously under market. You raise rents. You, you, you turned that one around, cleaned it up, got it ready to go. Did you refinance that one to get more money, or did you just keep that one the way it was and move on? No, we refinanced it. We kept it for a year and a half. We refinanced. Um, got 60% back. Um, that was during COVID, so they kept some of the COVID reserves. But our passive got like 60% back at that time. And then we sold um, last summer, well, this past summer at the height of the market when everything was going crazy. We sold at that moment. So what was your total so we, output on this property as far as cash flow, capital gains between the two of them? Sure. We gave our passes back their money, and then we gave them another 132% return on that money. Wow, that's excellent. You did that during COVID, huh? During COVID, which is, yeah, that was tough. <laughs> <laughs> I got these T-shirts called Superstar. You got to get one of those. Uh, so even after, after the refi, we were still doing like 12 13% returns. Excellent. To our investors, yeah, every quarter. Mm-hmm. So did you sell that one before you bought the 108, or did you buy the 108 before you sold? We bought the 
108 before we sold that one. We were able to, you know, with the refi, take our capital, invest it into the 108 unit. So we sold that one. We held them both for a year. For about a full year, we had both apartments. Yeah. Do you still have the 108 unit now or not? We do. We still have that one. It's in San Antonio. Okay. And how's it doing? And what did you have to do to it when you bought it? Pretty much the same. Um, it was a lot of neglected maintenance. Uh, we redid the exterior painted, um, upgraded the interiors on on the on the models. Um, that was pretty much it. And raised rent. Yeah, we were, we've been able to raise rent about twelve percent. I mean, we purchased the property for right at eight million dollars. And um, we just did a case study recently, and it's valued right now at over $10 million. Excellent. Excellent one job. Year. $8 million to $10 million. You went up $2 million bucks already? That's an incredible job, guys. Really good. I think what we'll do now here is um, we want to hear about this 115 unit coming up here, but we want to wait until we get to the other side of the break for this one. So, um, okay. Let's just go ahead and, and think about this, guys. They bought a 28-unit apartment complex. They made 132% return on it. Then they came back and did a 108-unit apartment complex and rock and roll on that one. All this during the COVID period time, right? And now they come back and buy another 115 units. Now, all of this is compressed from 2019, 2021, 2022, This is a lot of stuff to get done in a real short period of time and get retired. So when we come back, we'll find out when she finally decided to quit that job. We'll be right back with Kimberly James and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Stop waiting. Stop sitting around. Stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's going to crash. It's going to be better next year. I've got to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me all the time. You know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? (laughs) I go, and you're not rich yet? Well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Kimberly and James Washington out of Austin, Texas. As we went to break, we'd already discussed two of the 
lead deals they've done. They're on to the third deal in the discussion anyway. It happened in 2022, another 115-unit apartment complex. But this time, not in San Antonio, but in Brownsville. A little bit different, guys. Uh, tell us the difference in doing a property out of town compared to doing one right there at home. Well, it's, it's a big difference. I mean, it's a lot, the travel time to get there and everything. But one of the things that we have, one advantage for us is that we don't have any small kids at home or anything like that. So we can go down there, stay down there for a month at a time, make sure everything is going according to plan. And so that, that's our plan. We're going to be here for a while. Um, just making sure that we start off correctly. And it's a third apartment complex, so we kind of know, you know, the ropes to take in order to start an apartment, what it takes with staffing and getting them trained, getting them up to speed and all of that. So we're working on that. Is this one a value play or a uh, yield play? It's a value play. Oh, good. A tasty thing for James to sink his teeth into. What are yes. we going to... Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> what what are we gonna do with this one? What 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 do we have planned for the the repositioning of this property? Um, this is your area. <laughs> it's definitely it has to have a new roof put on. Um, it's got a lot of exterior work that needs to be done. Um we're thinking about coming in a pool. We're not 100% on that just yet. But there's going to be a lot of, of rotten wood that has to be replaced on the place. And then from there, it's just going to be raising rents. I think it's like 50% on the market value right now. Well, let me give you 34 years' worth of experience in a nutshell. Don't do the pool. You're adding a tremendous amount of expense that won't get you that much more rent. If you're already 50% below market, go get the 50% is what I would suggest. And and worry about the pool later if you need something else to do just to keep your itch going <laughs> for building something. Okay. Uh, it really is. It's, the pool is going to be a pain in the behind, you know, a lot of cost, and it doesn't really bring that much more income in. Now, it appears that it would. You know, it's that old... Um, first, never get a second chance to have a first impression. But if your landscaping is beautiful, uh, then that takes up or you know, makes up for not having a pool, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just saying that's a lot of cost, and uh, it's a small property. Really, you know, almost doesn't even warrant a pool. But even so, it's just too much of a cost in direct relationship to what you're going to get out of it, especially if you've already got a 50% increase in rents. You realize if you increase your rents by 50%, you're going to double your value uh, already. And that's going to go right to the bottom line and in your pocket. So uh, what else are you going to do to it, James? You got any interior renovations planned? Yes, we're definitely going to do a lot of interior work. Uh, We're going to put in low flow toilets on the their water bill is pretty high there. Uh, we'll probably upgrade some of the appliances that's there, mainly get rid of all the carpet and putting down vinyl plank. Um, and that's pretty much it. And, um, Kimberly, we talk, let's mm-hmm. talk people now. If you're going to raise the rents 100%, that's going to affect the clientele. Are you psychologically prepared? To realize that you can't put people into an apartment complex that are paying 100% more money than what somebody else is, that, that, that those two don't mix? They're like oil and water? <laughs> 
So we had the same issue with our 28 unit. We were going up, you know, 50% higher on the rents and someone who wasn't there. So we had to, it had to have some value to it, right? You've got to do something unique to the property. So one of the things that we're going to start off doing is just exterior work, first of all. We're not going to go in there and just blankly throw everybody, you know, higher rent. You can't do that. You can't do that. You've got to get to know people. They've got to get to know you. They've got to understand that we take care of our properties. If you have a maintenance request, we're going to immediately, you know, as quickly as possible handle it. And so make sure that they understand that we're here. We're all in this together. But at the same time, you know, we do have to increase rents to be competitive in the market. And people, you know, people can't understand that. And when you're going up on someone's rent, we'll go in there. We'll say, okay, we're going to go up, you know, 50, 60, 100 bucks on your rent. However, it looks like you could use a ceiling fan in this master bedroom. Wouldn't that be nice to have? You know, we can put in a ceiling fan for you. We'll do things like that to get them to understand that we're here together. We're going to do this together. We're going to take care of the apartment. We're going to take care of your main requests or any concerns that you might have. We're going to have an office staff that's going to keep office hours. Uh, if you've got an emergency on the weekends or whatever, we're going to respond to those emergencies, and we're going to take care of you. And if you do things like that, people, you know, they get it, and they get they know it's a business, and they'll understand. They know it's on the market. If you're living in an apartment and you're paying four hundred dollars, and the people next door are paying a thousand, you know you're under market. <laughs> but if I'm so, going to go up, I want to make sure you're going to give me something for it. So we is you know, the we rent really four? Is the rent really four hundred dollars? Yeah, we do have a couple people right at five, right at five. Yeah. Wow. It's so, really okay. low. But, you know, we had a seller from out of state, and he just didn't pay any attention to the market down there. Obviously. Well, I, I just hope that you've got the um, the fortitude to understand that some of the people aren't going to be able to make those changes. You know, they're not going to be able to make yeah. those rent increases. and. uh they're going to have to go find some place that has a, a, you know, it's not quite as nice. Because if you're going to make yours really nice, you got to recoup those costs uh, mm-hmm. by increasing the rent on that situation. So this deal was done in 2022. That's this year. How long do you think it'll take to turn this around? It's going to take a full year, at least a full year. We got to go through everybody's lease cycle one full year. We told the past investors that we should start seeing returns after one year. Well, that's that's good that you're aware of that because you realize that with 115 units, if you just reduce, you know, one twelfth of those people, you got 10 units a month. You're going to have to turn um, if they leave on you when you raise the rent, right? Then you have your mm-hmm. normal turnover also of, you know, attrition that, that goes on in the business. So you are going to have that. And it does take a while to get all those leases to turn, to churn. You know, you get 12 months before they expire on some of them. So that's, that's a good point. Um, at this point right here, you got this one in hand. Um, how are the other two going for you now in San Antonio? We sold the 28 unit in June of this year. Uh-huh. So that one we sold. So we just have the 108 unit. We're doing six and a half. Percent returns. Um, our rents are right now above performer, and uh, we just sat down with our manager last week, and we took a deep dive into the numbers and the financials and everything. So it's really it's it's working. It's working well. That one's doing really well. Psychologically, I'm interested in asking this question: Why, when you're doing such a good job as a lead investor, which really leverages your money by twice as much? In other words, you got the leverage of the mortgage. 
And then you've got the the other people, the passives putting in the money, which is leveraging the down payment. So you've got double leverage, which means you have a higher rate of return to you. Why then did you decide to be a passive, which is cutting the leverage in half, really? Well, a lot of it has to do with your money has to be working for you. And as you get to being a lead, you don't have to put in as much as you did before. I guess we're making more money and we have to have something to do with that money. We're not into rapid acquisition. We buy, looks like, what, apartment a year? <laughs> so, you know, you're, ha- you're having returns that full year. So you've got the money. You've got to have something to do with it. You can put it in the bank and earn less than 1% on it, or you can invest it with other people. And so we invest, and it's really worked out well for us, too. That's a very good point. I've never heard it stated that way before, but it's actually true. Um, if you don't go into rapid acquisitions and you are start making a lot more money than you're used to having, then that money's got to be something has to be done with the money. It's a better way to say it. Yes. And uh, that's a good point. So at this point right now, you guys are working on this one. You got a year to to, to work through this project. Um, let's take and let's change our thoughts around here to the long term future of things. As we look to the future. I'd like to take the discussion in the direction of where do you go after this one's done? What is the long-term goals for your family? And uh, then we'll get in some incidental questions that I have that I used to like to end up with. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Here we are on uh, Tuesday, Tell Dell Tuesday, with Kimberly and James Washington in, out of Austin, Texas. And uh, Kimberly and James, I want to ask you a question that I love asking. That is... Um, as you got into this, how did your friends, family, coworkers, did anybody tell you you're crazy? How did they see it? Well, it's kind of funny. You really can't tell a whole lot of people because, yeah, they do think you're crazy. <laughs> so um, you end up kind of on a little island by yourself and dealing with the people that you deal with at Lifestyles. And then at some point, they start to come around to see that things are changing, and then everybody's asking, well, what exactly are you doing now? Oh, now they want to know more about it. <laughs> exactly. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone. I just kind of kept it to myself, and even my closest friends, I didn't tell them. Anything. I didn't want anyone to tell me that I couldn't do it. You know, I just didn't want to hear the negative, so I didn't tell anyone. We just started doing it, and... You know, after a while, people start to notice things, you know, about your lifestyle. They start to notice. And you think differently, too. You know, you think differently about everything. What about the family side? Any any responses from the family members around the, the Oh, whole? our kids, our, our older kids, um, you know, we talked to them about college, made them go to school, get your degree. Well, our youngest was, when we started this, she was like 16 or 17 years old. And so she gets, she graduates, she starts a junior college, and then she says, you know, Mom, I want to do more real estate. I want to do what you guys are doing. So we didn't pressure her to go in and get her, you know, bachelor's degree. Oh, they were so upset with us. Why doesn't she have to go to school? We have to go to school, you know, but this isn't, it's like you don't have to have that degree to be successful, to have your time to buy back your time. But now, you know, they're very interested in what we're doing, and they want to come on board. So that's our next. It's about legacy. There we go. That's what we're leading into then. The legacy for you is to get that one child involved, or you think other ones will see the light later on? 
Well, we have two now. We have two involved now. Okay. Yep, we have two of our kids. And what do you have them doing? Our older two are, once we get ground field stable, I think we're probably going to venture towards Atlanta maybe. That's where our oldest live and start trying to get them more involved in it. And we'll be closer to the grandkids. <laughs> That's always a good excuse. <laughs> I like that one. We we we've got that same thing. We just we just had to buy a new car. Can you believe this? My my wife drives a Porsche, and my second car is a Mercedes SL uh, five fifty. So it's a sports car. So we had two sports cars, my uh, Escalade and a pickup truck, and she wanted to drive and wanted to have something she could drive the grandkids around in, right? So she made me yeah. sell my sports car, not hers. <laughs> <laughs> the Porsche didn't go away. The Mercedes went away, right? Because, yeah, you don't drive yours, which is true. I never drive it because I'm not a sports car kind of guy. But, yep, that's that's the grandkids syndrome right there. But There you go. Yep, got to make those grandkid decisions. Hey, what's what's the end what's the end result here, guys? Have you thought about that? Where Where is it that? The boat arrives, and you get off on the island, you go, man, we made it. What Do you have any idea where that is, what that is, how much money that is, how it looks when you get there? Do you have a, a place you want to move to? You want to live? I said You said Atlanta, so are you thinking about a, you know, do you have a vision of how this retirement life grows into, what it grows into? Yeah, I think at first we're going to keep investing as leads. We, we enjoy being leads. But right now, while we're still enjoying it, I just want to continue to work as a lead. You know, for a couple of years, and then eventually, I would like for us to be passive, 100% passive investors, where our money's just working for us, and we're on an island somewhere, traveling. Yeah, um, mine is to more get the kids more involved, get them to join. That way, they can pick. We kind of left off and have them work for us. Yeah, then you got to buy that garage and get some tools so you can build something. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because that that need never goes away, man. I'm telling you, it never goes away. They want to fix something, to build something, to do something. Uh, It's just a it's an internal thing that, and it's not all men, by the way. It's it's people that are builders. Some people are builders. And that's why I like building businesses. You know, you start something from nothing. There it is. You've got it. And it wasn't there? It wasn't there last year. And it's there now. So you can look into the businesses that you're building as being that for you, James. Yeah. So, Kimberly, were you surprised uh, being a people person? How open people were when you came to lifestyles? Because there seems to be a tendency that you tend to shed a little bit of your past friends, not because you want to get rid of them, but because they just don't relate to you anymore. You maybe don't relate to them anymore. And people tend to start hanging out with people more um, interested in the same thing. Did you, were you surprised about how open people were here? You know, I was, it was just me and I didn't know anyone at all. So I started attending these meetings and during the two day, they told us that everyone was open with their numbers and they would be open with you. So I went to an ambassador meeting, and there was a lady sitting behind me, and she was talking about her first apartment complex. And I turned around, I said to her, I said, can I work with you? And she goes, yeah, Chica, you can come and work with me. <laughs> so she was just playing with me, and I called her up. And the next week I went there, and I went to her apartment complex, and I spent a couple of weeks just working with her. And she showed me 
everything. I mean, she opened up her books. I could see what she was doing. I could see how she was communicating with her investors. I could see, you know, we ended up cleaning out apartments that people had left. It was a mess or whatever. I was used to that because of single family. But it was amazing that everyone was like that. And so we left her apartment. She took me to another friend of hers. They opened up their books. They talked to us about literally financials, every how much we make, how much we spend. I mean, everything. They told me everything, how it all works together. So it was pretty neat. And I was surprised because where I come from, if you discuss salary or anything like that, you're fired. It's just something you don't talk about. Absolutely. Well, guys, I want to thank you for being on the radio with us today and sharing your story for everybody else. And for the rest of you, remember this, Kimberly, James, myself, and the rest of us, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.